Oh my god, what a game that was. Duke going down. No way. I didn't I didn't think it would happen. I didn't. I thought it would be um you know, I thought it would be a good game, but I thought Duke would would find a way with some of Coach K's magic. I think uh he's got great magic and um you know, the Polish powers within would would overcome. But uh <laughs> You know, North Carolina's got some great players. Caleb Love out of St. Louis. A lot of people really excited about Caleb Love in the St. Louis area because St. Louis has never had, uh, the city in Missouri, has never had uh, any team from that entire state, actually, make it uh, to the Final Four. So they've got to be pretty excited for something. And I think Caleb Love is is what they've all been waiting for. Um, now KU people are like, okay, but you know, you guys can get on North Carolina's bandwagon and wait till KU comes in coach self. He's saying, ah, another final four. So what? This is nothing. And here he is going to the championship game. So it is what it is. KU is quite the program. North Carolina is quite the program. In fact, uh, Roy Halliday, Roy Williams, <laughs> Roy Halliday, he coached at both. So it'll be interesting uh, with him wearing his mask on in the uh, crowd. He doesn't even get a luxury suit. I like, I like his humility. I think that's amazing. He's saying, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here with my Carolina Mardi Gras beads, baby, and I'm going to wear my mask because I'm Roy Williams, and I'm going to set an example for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And that's what he did. Uh, all tournament and uh, tonight, wow! To see his protege, a first-year head coach, you know, come out victorious over Coach K, it's got to feel pretty good. It's got to feel pretty good. And then he's going up against KU in the final, and it's like for that guy who obviously coached at KU, and now he gets to see the two. Most, I would say, renowned basketball uh, franchises. Um, definitely in the past, what, 20, 30 years. I mean, you you could make the argument for Duke. Like, those three, for sure. And maybe even Villanova, four. I mean, this year's Final Four was literally, like, the best of the best as far as, like, the best, the past 20, 30 years. So... Um, you know, the cream of the crop rise to the top. Yeah. Is KU better than North Carolina? I think so. But it remains to be seen. Caleb Love could come in with a good game. That's the difference in a great player, by the way. You have, you have like, certain guys that can just take over a game. And, and you root for them to kind of do that, too, I think. Um, and I don't know. Like, back in the day, like, KU, for example, like a Kirk Heinrich was that guy. Um, you know, or, or like I don't know. There's been many from <laughs> from Carolina, uh, and obviously Duke. I I was talking really about uh, or, or earlier in the week I should say about Shane Battier and uh, guys like you know guys like Shane Battier and and Carlos Boozer. These I mean. J.J. Redick even, you know what I mean? These guys took over the game, just clutch shots and just difference makers, you know? And uh, who could forget Hansborough, by the way, the Missouri product? It was something about people from Missouri that don't end up going to Mizzou. They go to Carolina, 
and just you know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Or Florida, like Gainesville. I don't know what's going on in Gainesville, but they seem to really like Chaminade um, over the years. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy that you know. We're going to have a really good championship game, though. I, th- I think Coach K, you know, he went out, like, on a pretty high note. I- and to be honest with you, watching Duke this year, I wasn't really sure how good they were. I think he coached them, and they played for him, like, knowing this was his last year. Like, they wanted to put on a great performance, especially against North Carolina, their biggest rival. And a lot of people, by the way, and great for, for you know, Duke, the season they had, and Coach K, what can you say? But another point that I was thinking about during the game, it's like people think the biggest rivalry in, in college sports is obviously Michigan-Ohio State football. You know, and then some might say, like, if you're in the state of Florida, you know, Miami-Florida State, um, just based on competitiveness <clears throat> the past 30, 40 years. Um, and, and, you know, at times, like, Florida and Florida State, especially if you're from, like, North Florida, I think it's Florida, Florida State. But but really, I think the entire state has more feelings for Miami and FSU just because those games were, like, one and two in the standings. Besides a couple of years, I think the Gators were, like, up there, but, like, 90, what, 96, you know, Spurrier era, right? Uh, but I would say overall, like, it's the Canes and Knolls. But then, like... You know, the main the main football rival, Ohio State, or the Ohio State, right? And Michigan, for sure. But I, I think there's a really good argument to be had. And college basketball doesn't, you know, doesn't gross as much money, right? It's all about revenue. Like, you know, uh, college basketball, the, the, the viewership is not quite there with the game, right, as they call it, the game, Michigan-Ohio State. So for that, I would still say Michigan-Ohio State. But I, I do think you could certainly make the argument, you know, in Durham and Chapel Hill are like, Durham and Chapel Hill are like eight miles apart. That's crazy to me. Two huge programs, you know, and, and to be eight miles apart, have the best recruits from around the country year in, year out, aside from, yeah, like probably, you know, KU and, uh, Villanova and, and what you know, sometimes Michigan State and certainly Kentucky. But aside from those aforementioned programs, like you know, Duke and UNC get those main guys. You know, think about I was thinking about it too, like Austin Rivers, you know, like um, you know, uh, Coach Rivers, Doc Rivers did not go to Duke, but he wanted his son to play for Coach K, so it's a nod to Coach K, but um. You know, Doc Rivers is from Chicago, so, you know, like, he could have steered Austin to go in any direction. Uh, But the fact that he chose Coach K, also, by the way, a Chicago guy, kind of funny, but that just speaks to the program, I think. It's like, they get the best guys. They get the guys that your dad, you know basketball, you know your son's going to be, you know, high-caliber athlete, maybe go to the next level of the NBA, which is very hard to do, right? I think it's like 2% of collegiate athletes make it to the pros. 2%, I mean, and there's a lot of collegiate athletes. Think about all the Division three programs and so on and so forth, and NAIA and all that stuff. 
But like Doc Rivers, that's a well-respected coach. He's he's never you know done great in the playoffs. Yeah, everybody knows. So this year he could in Philadelphia. But anyway, the point is, um, dads over the year have trusted Coach K, and dads over the years have obviously trusted Roy Williams, and now you know it's on to his protege and and Bill Self is another one. It's like this is going to be quite the championship. I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, and you'd have to say too for for like kind of a COVID year. I mean, in some parts of the country, right? Kind of a COVID year. We've had two really good championships, you know. And I'm a little biased to the SEC. I love SEC football. Um, not that I'm a Gator fan, right? I got to specify now that now that I, <laughs> now that I'm down here. But no, I'm not a Gator fan. I'm an SEC football fan though, and I'll tell you why. Just the tradition and and you know the camaraderie amongst the fans. Um, but to have UGA and U of A and then now having UNC and KU in basketball. I mean, this has been quite the collegiate uh, Division One, two main sports championships we've ever seen this year. I mean, as far as championships go in college sports, 2022 ranks right up there with the best of them. I mean, have we ever seen anything like this? Just the best of the best in both basketball and football. You don't see that too often. So, I don't know. And, and by the way, you don't see too often where, well, tonight was the Final Four game. It wasn't the championship. But when the, you know, one matchup, there's already been a game played. In this case, Duke and UNC twice because they're ACC. Well, obviously, UGA and uh, U of A uh, played in the SEC title game. So, kind of funny how that works out it's like you know people know i think the acc is the predominant uh, basketball conference even though the big east is fun to watch and it's very competitive obviously and same with the big 10 and uh sometimes the big 12 um nobody really looks at the sec for basketball there's always a couple good uh programs to go far in the tournament whether that be you know i remember like south carolina a couple years ago surprised a lot of people men's you know women's we know but i'm talking about men's going to i think it was the elite a madison square garden and people were like holy crap like who is the south carolina team out of the sec because they really didn't have a great great year even in the sec but but i think that's you know largely because kentucky and tennessee did that season if i recall um so anyway the point is sec for football acc for basketball and sometimes football, you know, when Clemson and FSU are both good, I think you could make the argument for the ACC and football too. But right now, having already played, a, uh, you know, and KU, I don't think has played North Carolina this year, and because there's usually there's always a Big Ten in an ACC matchup, but there's never uh, a Big Twelve in an ACC like preseason tip-off or whatever they call it you know there's always like the acc and the big 10 challenge whatever that is or the sec big 12 challenge i think was this year too so i don't know that these teams have played each other and i'm i'm not really gonna look it up i don't care i just because i know they're two top teams this year going to play one another in the championship so i'm excited about that um and then tonight like i said the final four having split the season series which you don't see often um, for a Final Four game, two teams that have already played one another. What more could you ask for? You know, that's that's pretty cool. So, 
And KU and Villanova, I mean, Jay Wright, great, great year. I mean, Nova, great job. Uh, but, uh, you know, KU's a very good team. And um, Bill Self certainly has a lot of experience in the Final Four, like I said, in the championship game. Um, he'll be, he'll be, you know, he'll be competitive. It'll be, it'll be quite the game, I, I believe. Uh, whatever that is, Monday night or next weekend. I, I don't even know what it is. I, you know, tonight I watched like a little bit of the game, and then <laughs> I did some other. I was running errands and uh, picking up some food for for my friends. So that's what I did. That's all I'm going to say about that. It was uh, it was cool though. It was a good time. The the basketball that I did see tonight, you know, heck of a show, heck of a show. And I just like like certain coaches, you'll remember like the look on their faces from the sideline. Bobby Bowden, right for sure. They're like some guys. Who who else like coaching? Do I remember like their face on the sideline? Um, I don't know. I mean, Pete Carroll will be one eventually. I mean, he's still coaching, but. But there's just like certain coaches, like that look from the sideline, or in Coach K's case, from the side court. You know, <laughs> just like that look. You you always remember that look, like that legacy they made, and just like that look. You know, like, that's that's a classic coach right there. So pretty cool stuff for him. And anyway, um, take a quick break, and I don't know what else I was going to talk about really. Um, I had a. Uh, I had a flashback to when I was uh, dating a Brown University goalie from the women's from, from the men's. No, I'm just kidding. From, from the women's soccer team, and I thought of her tonight, and it was really weird. And I'll tell you about it when we come back. Just enjoy the moment. Miguel, yeah, yeah, Miguel's great, um, little Skywalker action, Luke Skywalker, I delivered some food today for my buddy Luke, uh, and I hope he's doing well, um, but listen, I, on this trip to get Luca's sandwich from, from St. Louis Bread Co., technically Panera Bread Co., everywhere outside St. Louis, uh, uh, it was, it was St. Louis Bread Co. originally, it was St. Louis startup that turned uh global and now it's panera uh (laughs) kind of funny i I think i remember a virus that is also uh started out in wuhan uh, wuhan meth lab i believe uh kind of funny but um no it's terrible it's a freaking pandemic uh anyway you know i was picking up lucas food and there's some uh some soccer players there FSU soccer players, you know, women's soccer, you know, men's soccer. I wouldn't get too excited about, um, obviously, but there were there were women's soccer players, and I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, maybe I'll ask them how the game went, and uh, we could hit off a conversation, see what they're doing tonight. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't even go that far. That's that's where I'm at these days, you guys. Like, I'm not even to the point where I'm like, I don't know, like, what are you, what you, you ladies going out today? Like, I'm just, I've lost that part of me i don't know it's like weird but uh, i just don't i I have no game nor do i i don't think i want a game you know (laughs) i don't even like there's nothing in me that really wants to uh it takes a few drinks let's put it that way 
takes a few drinks. I don't know. Um, things are different now in my life, and I just like I kind of want to like settle down, meet the right person, kind of like meet a girl at church maybe or something like that. Like I don't know. I mean, Panera's not bad, right? It's 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 you know like a pumpkin patch basically. It's a good place to meet a woman. It's not not a bar. Could could be worse, I guess, but. I just don't have a, a a game because I think the thing is with me when I look back undergrad days especially and high school pretty much any time women have always come up to me you know I was <laughs> I was the one that was approached I didn't do much approaching I didn't really have to I think I was decent looking guy uh for most of my life and so it was like very easy they would just come to me I, I didn't like you know i don't go out of my way to uh talk to anybody but i think when you gain a few lbs you know and you uh get a little older you know i guess you gotta enhance your enhance your style a little bit i don't know it's all about the approach i think um especially when tinder doesn't work and your approach is literally everything Unless you're introduced by, like, a matchmaker, which is great. Uh, specifically, like, in certain religious communities, there's, like, matchmakers. And sometimes, you know, pastors and priests can do that sort of thing, too. But I think those are huge. Like, that's kind of what I think I need. Because I'm just, I'm not, like, an awkward dude. But I'm just, like, I don't, I'm too friendly, I think, is what it is. I don't think women know, like, when I'm... <laughs> When I, when I expect, like, hey, so you want to go out to dinner? Like, I don't even know how that conversation happens. I don't even know. Uh, hey, you, you're waiting for your uh, for your sandwich? Yeah, yeah, me too. What kind of sandwich you you waiting for? <laughs> I mean, it just sounds it just sounds stupid. It sounds creepy. So I I can't do it. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of an organic guy. Like everything's got to come organically. Like uh, like seltzer. It's got to be organic. And. Um, I don't know. Things have always happened organic, like in my social circles. And, and recently they have not because I haven't been like too social. You know, I've kind of had to Patrick Kane it a little bit, you know, after the allegations with Patrick Kane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Patrick Kane had to settle down kind of. And he's not, you know, I, maybe he's married now. Maybe he has a girlfriend now. I'm not sure. But the great Chicago Blackhawk, Patrick Kane, had to kind of lay low for a long time because of these like extreme allegations that some woman – uh, said that he did and like he didn't do anything actually so you know like, he did get you know go out and, and drink a lot and, and party a little hard but he didn't do anything to women that was just all out you know all crazy allegations too at that but he had to lay low you know and and like i don't know if there's any advice i could give um guys in the spotlight athletes specifically you think about uh who was going through it recently the the former uh not Titan. I want to say Titan, but he was a Houston uh what what is Houston? Oh my god, the stupidest name out of the Texans, right? Texans guy. Um quarterback, he's now I guess he signed uh with Cleveland. And that's another one. It's like guys like that, uh Trevor Bauer obviously, but that guy's kinda weird. I mean nothing against Trevor Bauer. I think he's probably, you know, halfway decent but he's a little you know a little eccentric you'll say but i'm not like trevor bauer you know like i'm a social guy i'm in a social fraternity probably the biggest fraternity uh on this campus you know and it's just like i don't you know i don't do anything too like out of the 
out of the woodwork or anything. So for me to have this kind of drought, and I'll say it's a drought, you know, it's it's like uh, somebody drained the swamp and they didn't realize I was not a swamp. So they just kept draining me uh, as if I was that. But um, ugh, it's tough out there. So anyway, I'm trying to reshape my social life. And tonight I was at Breadco uh, or Panera, whatever the hell they call it, outside of St. Louis. And... Some, uh, you know, soccer players, they just got out of the game. It looked like they still had, like, their unis on. And I couldn't even strike up a conversation. That's, like, how much of a pussy I've turned into. And I say it like I'm just, you know, at a fraternity meeting, a chapter meeting on Monday night, you know. But, like, that is me right now. And it is just so pathetic. Like, I'm so much of a pussy. And I can't help myself, um... But to feel depressed at that, uh, you know, social lack thereof of a social life. And and so I thought back to when I was maybe, maybe it was like 2013 or something. I want to say it was like 2013, maybe 2014. I was, I was uh, getting with this uh, goalie from Brown, you know. And she was known Melina uh, Govich, which is my favorite Law & Order character ever. I keep watching Law and Order on uh, women's women's television. Is it something like that? I love that show, Law and Order, uh, mostly because of Jerry Orbach. But I, I jokingly put out a tweet. I'm like, Melina is it Melina or Milana? Melina Govich is one of the most underrated Law and Order characters and gorgeous. How come no one? I haven't seen her in anything aside from Law and Order. But her eyes, oh my god! And I, I like blondes usually. But, like, this is one brunette that I would love to date, you know. And she, but she's, like, 60 years old probably now because um, <laughs> all these law and orders are from, like, 2002 when she was, like, what, 40, 42 or something. I don't know. It's just, like, that's one that I'm like, dude, who is that actress? Gorgeous, man. Um, Jerry Orbach. Wow, what a stud. No. <laughs> Jerry Orbach, the father in Dirty Dancing uh, on, law, on Law and Order for 40 years. Uh, amazing. But I was thinking about um, the goalie that I was getting with at one time in my life, and I'm just like, I thought of her. Because, you know, I'm looking at these soccer players, and, you know, they're probably roughly the same age that I was when I was dating her. And um, that was some of the most... We had some really fun night. You know, we would go to the movies, and uh, we would... Why, why am I going back to high school like we're like this cute high school couple? No, we didn't do anything like that was PG. We did everything that was at least PG-13, you know? Like, all she wanted to do was hang out at home and, uh, you know, when her parents weren't there, we'll say that. And I'm just like, I'm such a good guy. Like, to me, I feel like I'm sinning when I do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, are you sure? You know, because I was like, especially when, uh, let's see, how old was I then? Probably like 21, maybe 22, maybe 20. I don't know, but she was, we're the same age. But yeah, I felt like I was sinning just like uh, with the parents not being there because I grew up very like sheltered. I'm the oldest of my siblings. And so I think like, I don't know, maybe they were, my parents were tougher on me, and, but for sure they were. And, and it's like, I just, man, it, like, I, I don't know. She was, she was, she's cool and she's still doing her thing. And like, it's great to watch like some of the Instagram stuff that I get with her uh, doing her thing. And like, I wish her the best, but like. Man, it's like for someone that you don't see very often, obviously two different colleges, she's at Brown, 
like we had a lot of good times. So I'm like, dude, what whatever happened to her? <laughs> and then I had like an anxiety attack thinking about it. Um, no, we I didn't do any sinning, but it, it was just like when you're finally at that age where you're like able to do like adult stuff and you're in like a nice house and it's like the structure just isn't there because you're the adults now like what do you do it's like it's like the series we're going over in church what's next yeah so it's like you know how do you how do you be an adult how do you have an adult relationship we at that particular time me and this one were not in a position to um being an adult just because of the distance thing i guess we could have right but anyway i don't i just thought of that i'm like oh there was like so many for me that i would say that got away but like that's one that's like there's no real reason that it got away you think about different uh, people in your life um like the girl that came to uh the jersey night party in my fraternity wearing uh thomas zibikowski notre dame uh, Jersey, uh, he was one of the best Notre Dame fighting Irish uh, safeties ever, and he was really good. Played in the NFL for a bit, and he was also like a boxer. But anyway, he was, um, I don't know, he was like a really just one of the best college players that I had seen when I was in high school. And I'm like, that's that's just like the guy when you talk about like Notre Dame football, which, you know, I guess if you go to like any sort of camp there, you know, you become like, uh, you know, you respect the program at least, even if you're, you know, clearly not going to school there. And I'm just, uh, I, I was amazed that she was wearing that, wearing that jersey. So I'm like, okay, well, she, you know, she's, <laughs> she's pretty nice. But she was like a friend of the, kind of the girl that I was seeing at the time. So that was just like off limits, I felt, at least at that particular time. Fast forward, and she, she could have been like the one, you know, I, I just never gave her the time of day. Um... But it's funny, like, when you look back in the past, there's just, like, certain women that come into your life, that have come into your life, and you're like, what? What's going on with her? And, you know, sometimes, like, you, the weirdest things will make you, that's not so weird, I guess, uh, so, you know, soccer players, but certain moments, and you're just like, holy shit, like, whatever happened, to, you know, what is she doing? And it's just, like, wild. Just wild. Just wild. And, uh, you know... Social social health is very important. So I think when we talk about like what's next and everything like that, it's like you want to build a foundation for yourself for your future, and then like see that your social life is kind of in the mix to uh, have some work life balance, if you will. Because I, you know, if there's any advice I give anybody, and like I'm in grad school now, and there, there's a lack of balance, but there's still enough balance compared to like some workaholics that I've seen come before me. You know, so I know that I'm not doing as bad as I could be doing, maybe. Um, but still, like, uh, balance is very important. And I think, like, certain women uh, are, are good at that. And if we could all just have healthy relationships, the world would be a better place. I don't know. Maybe it's a lot to ask. Anyway, take a quick break. Saturday night, doing a podcast. I'm not sure why. Um, college basketball, though. What a night that was. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back doing a podcast Saturday night, feeling all right. 
Um, the White Panda, by the way, Mo Free, Mo Fallen, B.I.G. and Tom Petty, a couple ones that uh, are not with us anymore. A couple great ones. Uh, the White Panda, by the way, the dudes never take their mask off. I think Dave uh, from uh, <laughs> Dave Portnoy was talking about it on the uh, documentary, which everyone should watch. It's uh, available on YouTube. It's like um, Barstool Blackout Tour, how that got going, um, kind of just – and there's a health aspect too. That's why I was watching it. I was trying to say, it's like cite it as a source for one of my papers. Maybe I'll get to do that this week. But um, I love this class, by the way, this MPH class. I have so much uh, freedom to just like – find sources that are not scientific publications <laughs> um so it gives me some kind of uh freedom but i i think i might uh, like what my pastor was saying last week i think i might transfer uh i mean change degree programs i don't know like mph is cool but i might try to like pair it with something else i've always been much of a city planner urban developer and i think that's very important right now so anyway but uh what was i why would i cite that okay here's the story they were touring for the Barstool Blackout Tour, and it became kind of a political thing towards the end of it. And uh, Portnoy was, like, very... He wasn't even there, right? These guys were... Like, Dante was there, like, K. K Marco, and uh, just, like, all these... the Like, the Barstool main guys from the original Barstool website that would post every day and have these music remixes and different stories and the Barstool Daily, like, Woman of the Day, which was, like, some model from you know, Coastal Carolina or Towson or whatever. And I've talked about Barstool, the old Barstool, numerous occasions. But the Barstool Blackout Tour was like really how it got uh, so big and, and developed, developed the following that it has today. And I'm thinking about like uh, the health that these guys went through. And they, and they even talk about it in the documentaries. Like they went from college to college town, you know, over the course of the fall and the spring and they had to like stay at hotels and they had to you know get mcdonald's three times a day or maybe wendy's once you know chipotle who knows but they just talked about how they just could never develop like any kind of routine just because they're like constantly touring and doing these barstool blackout tours so uh yeah i mean that's kind of a health issue right and you know routine is very important you want to develop some kind of routine no matter what you do but um, the original Barstool Blackout Tour, these guys would tour, you know, and they would have musical guests at certain venues and they would rent out certain places. And they was, there was no return on investment, which is also very unhealthy if you're any kind of financial uh, student right now. You always want an ROI that's favorable to, uh, to the outcome and you want to have decent health outlooks. Like, what is this doing for the campus? What is this doing for the town? And that's kind of where they ran into some troubles. Um, because there were some women, women's groups that felt that women were being exploited by this, which they really weren't. But you, one could definitely make that argument. I, I could see how they would make that argument because, you know, they were wearing clothes you would wear to a rave and, uh, you know, getting kind of like and very intoxicated and stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know, you know, like they're free to do whatever. And from my own experience, like these girls don't, they're not, you know, like they wouldn't be there if if they didn't want to have a good time, 
and it's not like every girl in the audience was like stripping or anything like that like i i don't think i saw anybody stripping you know what i mean like i didn't nobody it wasn't mardi gras it's very different and especially because the advance the, the the progress we've made with like just like different movements from the 1960s which i think that some people still think it's the 1960s but it's not it's 2022 currently but it's like you know they take different drugs which i've never done drugs at a rave i've gone to rave and like drink a little beer you know what i mean like i just chill and kind of watch watch <laughs> as it as you know watch the madness as it unravels but i mean some of these girls they they, they want to trip out like they want to have a good time and it's like as a as a father hopefully one day like i i wouldn't suggest that to my daughter like i would make sure that she knows like that's that's a you know bad idea like don't go to spring break and uh in panama city or whatever and take acid or molly or whatever like just you know know right from wrong know what you're doing and you know like yes like have fun like live your life but but i don't know i think sometimes like certain women they they just want to like party when they go to college and you know i i just don't know how you could bring that on barstool for having a show i mean like you know people are free to show up people are free to come and go and and they're not advertising drugs right <laughs> like there's a big difference having a con you know it's like saying oh woodstock is to blame for the uh opioid epidemic like no how did Woodstock? you know they put on a concert for peace and love and now they're being blamed for opioid like i don't you know what i mean like you just can't there's certain things that you can't put two and two together and certain some of these towns really went off the deep end with them and, and tallahassee's not one of them um you know towns that i've columbia missouri certainly not one of them but there were certain towns. i think it was like virginia really put up like certain towns in virginia and, and then you know there's some obviously good towns in virginia great people in virginia i, I like their um the some of the po- you know political people they've chosen uh just like over the past six months but I mean, yeah, like it's like Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, Brett, I know you're going to be a Supreme Court judge, uh, but uh, did you have any beers on the night? Of, and like, this is Cory Booker, who I respect, who I respect. And he's like asking him how many beers he drank in his fraternity in college, bro. I'm like, Cory, come on, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you had a good time too. What are you, what are you mad about? So the, I don't know. It's just so like political division just pisses me off. I mean, it's like th- things that like you do, but like you don't want them to do. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Definitely a double standard. Um, but I don't. Want, I'm not here to talk politics. Listen, the, the white pan is interesting um, because they didn't take their masks off. And how I got on this topic for health of Barstool is just like sticking up for Dave Portnoy because I don't think he's a bad guy and I don't think you know the movement the Barstool Blackout tour back in the day which is no longer a tour and I wish it was I just don't think it was necessarily unhealthy in and of itself right I think it would have been fine I never went to a show but I, I think that would it would have been fine I knew people that did go to shows and I know the White Panda the White Panda came to my house and like i'm saying they didn't take their masks off i thought that was the funniest thing because they wear these like panda masks while they dj all night and they never took their masks off so i just thought it was kind of funny um but where was i going with this um i actually wanted to talk baseball as i get into the last few minutes before i have to catch some z's late night podcast always talking baseball my favorite podcast ever 
Um, a lot of people really upset this week. New York Mets. Max Scherzer, one of my favorite pitchers. Jacob DeGrom, probably the best pitcher in the game when he's healthy. Both unhealthy. And I brought it about uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 podcasts ago. Uh, if you go back and listen to me, it's like I I feel very strongly that like when the Mets are good, the, the economy is good, people are good. And there's diversity, there's inclusion, everyone's happy. And it's like something about when the Mets are good. 1986, 2006, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. 2015, I guess it was, last time uh, when the Royals beat him in the World Series. I just, I think when the Mets are good, and you could make the same argument for the Royals, by the way. The Royals won the World Series in 85 and then and, and beat the Mets, in fact, in 2015. But I, I don't think I could be a Royals fan uh, myself. I think that would be kind of being like a fan of myself, which would be weird. I, 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 the Royals are cool, but like, I just, you know, they're a small market team and, um, uh, you know, it's like, I, I love small businesses, but like, I want to be, I want to have like a crowd and, and I want to like know, uh, people and, and go to games with folks. And it's like, Kansas City is such a small market. I love Joe Goldberg. I love, you know, many players on the team, uh, they cover them and, and just all kinds of great folks in Kansas City. What can you say? Great town. But, when the Mets are good, New York for the summer is one of the best places to be. And like a lot of people, obviously, like they have family from New York way back in the day, or maybe even like a generation. Maybe it's your father. I saw somebody at the uh, uh, Tokyo Grill maybe a couple nights back. Her father had a very uh, strong New York accent. So I'm like, okay, this guy knows what I mean. But it's like when the Mets are good, there's something to be said for just the way. The, love thy neighbor i don't know it's weird but i think i had this conversation in high school with um who me and steve would say the best looking woman at that high school by far and like probably the coolest that no one ever really got to know um i don't know i wish i could have got to know she, she went to like southern miss she was like just super cool and like definitely would have won like best looking um, most dateable, most ideal woman at that high school. I couldn't give her enough credit. I hardly know her, like to this day. But I wish I knew her more. And anyway, she um, she saw me in a David Wright shirt. She's like, "Oh yeah, David Wright, nice." I'm like, "Yeah, he's a good guy." And so you know, when the Mets are good, I think it's good for society. And, and but the, now they're unhealthy suddenly. So I'm like, "Who do I like for baseball this year?" And you know, Uncle Craig, he's like, should I go Mets? Should I go Yankees? And the fact is, he grew up a Yankees, uh, a Mets fan. But he's picked the Yankees since he's been a uh, New York, you know, DJ. Imagine that. You get a little fame, and the good team is suddenly your team. Imagine that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Happens a lot. Okay. But the fact is, um, I think he'll end up being a Yankees fan just to, like, kind of... Uh, have some disparity or something because uh, they do, you know, Cardin Roberts now. Evan Roberts, obviously, huge, huge Mets fan. So he's probably going to pick the Yankees again for his summer team. Now, last summer myself, I was in Chicago, so I was like, should I, should I kind of like the Cubs? Should I kind of like the White Sox? I didn't know. I don't know Chicago baseball, but the Cardinals and uh, Cubs are rivals, and you know, I kind of grew up a Cardinal fan, so I'm like, huh. Probably the White Sox, Tony La Russa, right? <laughs> and, they, and they looked really good, like on paper, and they still do look good. Um, they could make a really good run this year. I mean, they could they could be a World Series caliber team in the American League, I believe. 
I don't know, though. I mean, um, and I love Tony La Russa, Florida State Law School. Hell yeah. But uh, I just don't know uh, who my team's going to be. And I'm not in Chicago this summer. I don't plan to be. By the way, another great kind of summer city to live in, or young professional city to live in, Chicago, Illinois, 100%. It's not New York, but it's cool. It's it's definitely cool. It's got its own kind of flavor. It's got its own vibe, but it's it's a good it's a good town. Um, but I think for me last summer, I was like, yeah, Tony La Russa, enough said. I go, I, I like these White Sox. Good team. But I love Wrigley Field, so I don't know. But for, for this year, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to be. Probably stay in Florida. Who knows? I kind of, you know, I kind of want to jump on the Mets bandwagon, but now it's like they're unhealthy. What do you do? So I'll leave this podcast kind of open-ended, ambiguous. Who's going to be my team for uh, for 2022? I'm just, I'm just grateful that there's baseball, first of all. But I might, uh, you know... I might I might be a Mets fan. We're 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 very much close to Sophia Cohen and we, we want to be closer to Sophia Cohen. <laughs> um but no, I don't that's not that's not a good reason. It's not a reason at all actually. But I think that they're a good team and, and just so many players on the team I respect, especially Max Scherzer, uh Jacob DeGrom, but are they gonna be healthy? I don't know. I don't know. And I've always felt like the Dodgers were my adult team, you know? Just, like, living in L.A. and just kind of uh, having a team every night that was, like, competitive at the very least. I've watched more Dodger games than any other team um, than, than any other team for me personally. Like I've watched more Dodger games in my 20s, and now that I'm 30, I've watched them more than any other team by far. Like, I, I've gotten very into the Dodgers. So how do you go against that? I don't know. They're still a very good team. Freddie Freeman, hey, uh, I might have to stick with the boys in blue. I don't know, uh, but uh, you know, there's something to be said for the Mets. I really, I really think that uh, kind of being back on the East Coast a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah, it might change things. So we'll see. But I hope everyone has a good uh, week. We'll probably do another podcast at some point. Got to cover the NCAA final, but I'm happy. Great. To wrap it up, great uh, finish for Coach K. I mean, the guys played their asses off. They didn't get the W, but uh, it's going to be a great championship. I say Rock Chalk Jayhawk, honestly. And they're going to do it. Good luck to Coach Self. Good luck to Roy Williams. <laughs> He's not the coach anymore, I know, but, you know, should be a great championship. And uh, that's it for me.